I'm going to jump right in. Uh, if you're a fan of Dr. Zeus and a fan of Jesus, this is the space to be right now. Um, I don't know what that's all about, but I made it at some point. One me, two me, old me, new me. I think I identify with the elephant. I'm not sure. Um, hopefully make something stick in the brain. Um, if you spent much time uh, in church or a minute in church in your life, you probably heard some reference uh, to an old nature or an old self, an old me, um, a, a new, new nature, a new self. And I just want to explore some of that this morning, um, explore a lot of verses of scripture that reference that idea. Um, I want to share with you what the Lord's been teaching me about that, not just recently, but throughout my life. Um, it's actually the third time in, I think, about four years that I've given a version of this talk and still haven't changed that silly slide. Um, but I have changed or added something to this each time as things are being changed and added to in myself, hopefully for the improvement of both of those things. Uh, I don't claim to be any sort of authority, but I do believe what the Lord's put on my heart has value. Uh, and I think it's worth sharing with you guys here. Uh, hopefully you'll be edified. Hopefully you'll be built up. Hopefully be encouraged, perhaps even challenged. Um, those are the things that I look for when I'm on the receiving end of a, a sermon or a talk. Uh, and hopefully with the help of the Lord, something resembling that will be delivered here today. I'm just going to pray about that real quick, if that's okay with you. Uh, God, we thank you uh, that we even have the opportunity to meet. Um, I thank you for the things you've put in my heart to share. And uh, God, my heart included this morning, I uh, just want to make sure that we are all uh, looking to you, looking to hear from you. Our eyes are open, our ears are open, our hearts are open to you and what you have to say. Maybe even most importantly for me, because I'm the one saying the words. But thank you, God, that your work is being done no matter what in this place right now. So I'm going to start in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 21 to 24, where it says, since you've heard about Jesus You've learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life. It's corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So apparently there's an old nature, there's an old man, an old self. And there's a new nature, a new man, a new self. What is this old self? So back to Ephesians here. The Apostle Paul just told us that my old self was sinful, corrupted, led by lust and deception. Many other places in Scripture back this up, mostly from Paul today. Uh, they use similar language referring to a corrupt nature that we're born into. There's no getting around it. It's our default setting. And then in Romans, again Paul, likes to tell me that my old self was ruled by sin. It says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. We should no longer be the slaves to sin because anyone who's died has been set free from sin. So old self, it's clear, controlled by selfish desires, default setting is corrupt, sinful, not a great picture, ruled by lust, ruled by deception. And the good news, according to what we just read, my old self is old in the past, should be gone, crucified with Christ, should be dead, done away with, and no longer supposed to be slaves to sin. That sounds good to me. One more verse about this old self uh, in his letter to Colossians. Again, Paul says, put it to death, which is not light language. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you.
this is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away, put them to death, put to death anger, put to death wrath, put to death malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Again, pretty clear. Old nature, wicked, destructive, carving a path to death. So we've put it away, and we've traded in for a new nature, and that sounds good. And we'll assume for the moment that that's true, that we've put it away. What's this new self? That's what I want to know what that looks like. Uh, what is it, and how do I get that? Um, I'm going to start right, right back in, uh, in Colossians there, getting into the next verse. So again, therefore what's earthly in you, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, on the count of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to another, one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with practices, You've put off the old self with its practices and you've put on this new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So there we have this new nature, according to Paul, is being renewed in the knowledge, in knowledge after the image of its creator. That would be the creator. And according to Romans, this new nature is free from sin. And according to Ephesians, it said it was created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And that sounds like a great goal to me. Sounds like something I want. Sounds like something I want to be living, living in. My own summarized version of those three places in Scripture, I would say my new nature is rooted in Christ, pursuing after Christ, seeking to be like Christ, desiring what is righteous and holy. Pursuing after, rooted in Christ, pursuing Christ, seeking to be like Christ. Or desiring what is righteous and holy. So if you found me on the shelf in the grocery store, that's what the new package should read. The new and improved now contains, if you got the old box on the shelf, it should say anger, wrath, and malice. My new package should just say Christ, Christ, Christ all the way down. Early in the year, we're probably still looking at the ingredients on the packages as we match up with our resolutions. Anyway, um, than other times, I think. Come February, throw out this part. <laughs> but we want to know what's inside. Um, hopefully for us, uh, our actions reflect and show what is inside. Uh, so there we have a new me, a new self, a new nature. It'd be cool if I could stop right there. But, but, but is it? Is that my new nature? Um, do I always feel like this is what I'm walking in? Do I ever feel like this is who I am? Do I ever really feel like this is who I am? Am I really walking in this? Is this my instinct? My knee-jerk reaction to situations, do they line up with what's supposedly inside? Is my response righteous and holy? Um, are the words and actions, are my words and actions representative of someone renewed in knowledge after the image of my creator? I don't think my actions are always like that. You probably knew that part was coming, uh, especially if you've met me. Uh, for being honest, that was a lot of agreement from the room. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> If you think the way I act might not always line up. Um, if only you knew my thoughts. Um, if you think that maybe my actions aren't always great, you don't really don't want to know what I might think sometimes. Those words that I catch before they leave my lips. And I'm thankful for those around me that there is a net and a filter here 
or maybe sometimes there should be duct tape. Um, so what does that all mean? If I'm not living in this new nature, then why? Why does my life not line up like this all the time? Uh, if my impulse and default setting doesn't show a tendency to that which is righteous and holy, why? Uh, when I turned to Christ, I declared myself a believer in Christ who died and rose again to give those who believe in him eternal life, and I proclaimed my love for him. Did I do it wrong? Uh, did I repent poorly? Did I miss a step? Why does my life not always line up? Uh, Self-reflection is important. Conviction is healthy. I don't want anyone to take this as me encouraging anyone to beat themselves up because there's no room for guilt and shame in the kingdom. I want that to be clear. Um, but for some of us, in the way that we feel, probably think that the but is it slide should read, yeah, what is wrong with me? Um, others might give it no thought. Uh, but let's explore what I think is an immense and apparent gap between that old self and that new self. What is in the gap? So, is there something in between? This old person, this new nature. Um, again, if you've been in church a while, you hear church talk about it. Um, throwing off the old, putting on the new. And perhaps we overlook some of that places in between. We talk vaguely. Uh, I like forgiveness. I'm big on forgiveness. Um, but uh, forgiveness shouldn't be dismissing uh, those important things that we might need to change. Like to say that we're on a journey. Yes, we're on a journey. You might take a step back and backslide. Yes, you might take a step back and backslide. You might make mistakes. In fact, we will. We do. And there is forgiveness. We are on a faith walk. Um, and I'm big on forgiveness, but not necessarily excuses. Uh, and I'm not talking about guilt or shame. Those guilt and shame are pests. They are meant to be pinned to the cross, dead and buried as well. Um, and again, there's great benefit in healthy conviction and repentance. So, past the dissatisfying excuses, yes, I'm only human. Um, but how do we get from this old to this new? How do we make that our reality? Back in Ephesians where we started, it said instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So that sounds like a step that reads like uh, instruction. Let the Spirit renew my thoughts and attitudes if I want to put on this new nature. That sounds like a direction, not a suggestion. How does that play out? How does it look like? How do I know when I'm living in my new nature? How do I measure that? And that's some of the things that God's been teaching me over a very, very long time. Um, for me, my first step, I'd say I, in pursuing God, I seek to know him more. And in knowing him more, I learn more of his will. I better understand his desire. Not just what's right and wrong, because we can read that on a page. But I learn to understand his heart more, what he wants. And in pursuing him and knowing him, my desire becomes a desire to please him. The more I know him, the more I want to be like him. In seeking his will, I am learning and have learned to understand more of his will. Uh, and then his will starts to become my will. My desires are now his desires more and more. More frequently I find that my nature, my instinct, my bias, my gut reaction should and sometimes even does reflect what I believe are his desires. So in pursuing God, I'm actively seeking to know him more. In knowing him, I learn more of his will and his desires. In pursuing him and knowing him, I can't help but love him. And my desire is then to please him. My desire is to seek his will. And now in a place where I'm seeking his will, is my will more and more 
aligns with his will. My nature, my desires become much more like his. So what? Good for you, church boy. Um, no, it's not my circumstance or upbringing that makes this possible. That's just Christ in me. It has very little to do with me apart from obedience and allowing this to happen. Christ working through me. Or as I said, said before, my new nature should look like it's rooted in Christ, pursuing after Christ and seeking to be like Christ, desiring what is righteous and holy even as I fail in the trip and stumble along the way. And so how more and more does that become my reality? If my will is truly his, then the struggle of Romans 7.19 should become less and less of a struggle. We're very familiar, whether you've read the words or not, you've lived them, that I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. I do not do what I ought to, and I do what I ought not to. I think that's probably frustrating and familiar for more than just me in this room. I probably find good company in the fact that apparently Paul felt this way as well. Something my kids have actually expressed without being taught. And why did you do that? I don't know. I just keep doing the wrong thing, which is a good spot to get to. So how do I get there again? Free from that old nature, living out his will. Repeating again what we read in Ephesians. We're letting the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes. Maybe it's just easy to say. More accurately, we should be letting the Spirit renew our thoughts. Again, as it says in Romans, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So we have this renewing of the Spirit, renewing of the mind, and this is telling me that I should be able to test, discern, get results, <laughs> and know what is the will of God. That sounds like a, place, a great place to be in. Letting the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes, being transformed by the renewal of our mind, testing and discerning what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect. Renewing these thoughts and attitudes, pursuing God, getting to know Him, and therefore getting to know His desires. Letting His desires transform our own desires to align with His. Colossians says that that's, uh, that, uh, that mode is, this mind is now renewed after the knowledge of my Creator. So knowledge is a word. Um, knowledge sounds like study, right? Knowledge sounds like learning. It sounds like school. I've been to school in a long time. Um, is that theology class? I don't think it is, though I think study is a really good thing. Uh, I think theology is great. The study of theology is great. Make room for that. Read and study where you can. I encourage that. But primarily, I believe uh, that this knowledge just comes from time spent meditating on God's Word, time spent in prayer, time spent listening to the Spirit, actively listening to the Spirit, letting the Spirit reshape those thoughts, those desires. And then you see your responses and outward attitudes and actions changing. You will see that, I promise you. Taking the things learned as a group to a quiet place with, uh, with just you, and God asking him to reveal more of himself to you, taking that bit you heard in a podcast, that bit you heard in a, uh, you've been getting into at home group, and uh, that thing that challenged you and exploring that more. Uh, I said the word time a bunch just now, and um, something I've not in my notes here, but I've 
come back and challenge myself with uh, time to time um, when we think about tithing. Um, and you know, we, we, you know, we consider that, that 10% of what we have being, being a bare minimum. 10% of your time is probably more than you think, but it's worth giving your time. And studying the Word is good. Uh, calling up all those concordances and those many, many tabs in the browser, easier than ever. Um, at our home group, we're just digging through books, and we're definitely flipping through every translation on our, on our phone as we go, just trying to get to the, the best meaning of something. Um, listening to educated people, that excludes me. Um, uh, extrapolate from and explain and give context to Scripture is extremely helpful. We're very lucky to have a great teacher at the place that we worship here. Um, it helps us understand God's word more. And I love when that educated teacher can give me an accurate, maybe more accurate translation of a word. Helps me understand scripture more, context more, history of the day more. It helps me understand God's word more. Helps me ultimately understand God more. It's all super important. There's nothing that's going to compare to meditating on that scripture once you have that understanding. Spending time with God. Say, what is, where does this apply here? So in your own life, return to that piece of the word that's captured your attention. Asking God, what are you teaching me? And then, the more you do that, the more you desire that. Exploring practically what it means to be still and know that I am God. Going to that place where you can shut out the noise and seek God. Jesus needed no renewing of his mind. Make that clear. But it's worth noting that he still lived by this example where he'd pull himself away to a quiet place just to be with the Father. It was important from him. Uh, and it's probably important for us to seek God that way if he was doing that. It was an essential part of his daily walk. How much more do we need that? There's many biblical examples where that model is modeled for us, and I think that was more the point than anything that it's modeled for us. Um, if our new nature is to be rooted in Christ and seeking to be like Christ, I think we should take a moment and look to Christ and the way his walk looked. Um, Talking today, we're interrupting a, a series that Andrew's got uh, going on, on on God's will. And I think this relates, um, and I'm confident Andrew will be using many of these examples and has used already some of these examples um, as it brings that series to a conclusion. But what did Jesus do before his big decisions? Um, he went off by himself, goes off by himself, spends some time alone speaking with the Father, comes back the next morning and does things like pick 12 disciples. Uh, had his important decisions to make. He went and spent time with the Father. He went and spent time alone, praying face to face uh, the night before the crucifixion. Took all those big decisions, all those big moments to God. And we know that he was constantly walking with the Father. Um, I believe, again, that was to our benefit that that's in Scripture, for us to understand that, that model of, of way of walking. Jesus being one with the Father was always in communication with the Father. But he's gone ahead and modeled this so we can know how to live if we're to be like him bring our days to God. Let the Spirit show us where attitudes needed correction, where our thoughts needed renewing, where the mistakes were made. It's better when you can get there before they happen, but it's, that's not always going to be the mode. If there's an opportunity to correct an action uh, that were taken you know, yesterday, today, a year ago, and that's illuminated. Follow up. Um, correct that action. Apologize. Repent. Be humble. Restore those things. We know when our thoughts are not holy. We know when our thoughts are not righteous. So what do we do? Do we leave them be? Do we hope we don't do them again? Do we just feel some shame and wallow in some guilt? Maybe privately repent to God or just try not to remember when it comes the hundredth or thousandth time that we've repented for the same thing? 
repeated transgression in my own life. Maybe there's a problem with my nature if I keep falling into that pattern. If that's what I keep on doing, maybe my thoughts and attitudes, at least in that area, need renewing. And maybe, meaning probably, I already know that and haven't wanted to admit that to myself or give up that thing just yet. So let the Spirit lead. Repentance is good. Sincere, sincere repentance takes action. Sincere repentance results in change. And if I've done that, am I living out my new nature? To what degree am I living after the image of my creator? And that's uh, deeply personal and something that we're really good at judging for each other. How well you are living in your new nature. Um, we're, we're really, really good at that. And I'd uh, say it's a bad, a bad practice um, looking around the room and deciding how everyone else is doing. Uh, I would dare say that there are objective and discernible signs that can be displayed in the life of someone living with a new, renewed heart. Um, and I, but I, you can only weigh it yourself, and I encourage you to weigh it daily. I really believe you can see measurable, tangible results when you do and when you're honest. And I want to be clear, I'm not talking about works because um, you can serve without being changed. But as a believer, being called to serve you are called to serve. A renewed heart will want to serve. Um, but serving doesn't make you anything. Uh, I had a Keith Green cassette in my parents' car, uh, which would flip over all the time, and he'd point out that going to church makes you a Christian about as much as going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that. It doesn't show a renewed heart or a renewed mind just by going where you're supposed to, where you think you're supposed to. Renewed thoughts and attitudes will result in actions, patterns aligned with God's heart. And I'm not necessarily talking about being sent on missions. I'm talking about just the default setting of your heart and mind. The new default setting of your heart and mind. Um, story time for my own life. Um, it's not scripture. It's just Jesus working in me. And I only share this to illustrate few places where God has changed my own dark and selfish heart and hopefully you can be encouraged um, by that um, this is still a work in progress let's be clear these stories get hard to tell as it goes on here I've told them a lot somehow it hasn't got easier yet but setting one men's retreat um, group of churches about 10 years ago uh, during a time of song worship God began to speak to me, and he was asking me, Dan, am I really first in your life? Um, he wanted to prove if my heart was actually going to say what my, my, what my mouth says. Um, and this all happened you know, in, in one place, and I can't tell you how long this took. Maybe, maybe a moment, maybe a few songs. Um, but God has started asking me, if you didn't have this, would you still say I'm good? If this happened in your life, and you started taking away layers of my security, um, I can't remember what they all were. You just took away my work. Would you still say I'm good? Your home, um, all the, the the places that I would naturally find uh, some security in, and I, with conviction, could say yes, God, you're still good. And I would go through a whole process of mourning each time. You would take one of these things away. And it would hurt. And I'd feel empty. And then I'd say, yes, God, you're good. Because he, you're still here. Um, at that point, my 
oldest son was about two, maybe three. Um, and still feel it. God is, whatever took your son away? Um, and it's, it's not actually happening, but it's, it's feeling like it's happening. Um, and that was about as much hurt as I've ever felt in a moment. About a dark of a, a world that would have been able to picture at the time. Uh, and he just brought me as low as I could get. And probably a place where my heart could still say, yes, yes, you're good. Yes, you'd be good. In, in this situation that I feel is really real right now, I recognize that this sucks, but you were good. I, mean, I know this might sound like a mental exercise, um, but God took me through in a way that was very real to me. See, it's still hard to speak about. Um, but he showed, me, he showed me what he was doing in me. There's nothing for me to be proud of. He just showed me what he was doing in me. That couldn't be my natural reaction. Um, and then nine years ago, my wife gave a birth to our daughter, Tubalane, uh, who's at home with my sick kids. And a few years later, uh, we had the story too just as hard to talk about we had a late term pregnancy lost and that would have been our third child most of you guys know that we have a third child he's at home with the sick kids um, but now what I've been through mentally and spiritually what God had put me through was now here in the physical world and my wife called me obviously in tears I answered my cell phone at work and all she could say is we lost the baby for the heaviest words I still have yet to hear uh, and I still haven't figured a good way to tell this story but almost embarrassed by our response I only said four words back and my those four words were God is still good um, even though I'm talking about it I can't entirely tell you why except for that's God what was my brain's response um, but that was my response in the hey everything's as bad as you can think it is right now my default at that moment was prepared to be to say God is still good um, I don't think that was I wasn't thinking this is the response my wife wants to hear and this will be helpful to her um, I wasn't thinking at all uh, in the instant I can tell you I regretted it I was like that's what is that that means it's bringing me peace but that doesn't sound helpful it wasn't comforting husband talk. Um, if you want my advice of what to say, if you're in that situation, I don't have that answer for you. I'm not saying that's the right response um, for you. Uh, if your wife comes to you the same, <laughs> the same words, um, I wouldn't prescribe it. But God is good. Uh, and at the moment, that was my heart's response. And somehow she was blessed by that and took that well. And in that moment, we had his boat as much peace as we could in that space. Um, obviously, the following time was a very difficult time for us. Um, Declan's doing great. He's six now. Uh, physically and emotionally, that time was probably a lot harder on my wife than me. But that, this part of that story that was just still means a lot to me, that God was showing me how he had prepared me, how he had changed my attitude and my response, at least in one in one area, one situation. I credit the Spirit with that. I credit God 
was putting me through when I was able to take the time to seek God and let Him change my heart, my thought, my mind. Um, if, the, if those things happened in the reverse order, it would have been a lot harder. Um, what He put me through back at a men's retreat um, got me in a, at a, a place where uh, when there's darkness, my response is, God is good. Um, I probably have many other anecdotes and stories that are similar, or something bad happens, and I say things that are less righteous. Um, probably a lot of those end in guilt and shame and need uh, repentance. I'd also say, I've had other things happen since then where I'm not working right now. I lost my job. And was like, fine. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Still don't know what we're going to do. There was another time when my response to that would have been a lot different. So I truly believe uh, the real work of changing your heart, renewing your mind, comes through that time spent in prayer, seeking the Lord, seeking His wisdom, reading the Word like it is sustenance that you're hungry for, listening to the Spirit, and that's what I would challenge you with. Challenge you to really weigh your days, where your time is spent, Work day, school day, whatever your Tuesday looks like. God, what was I doing here? What am I doing tomorrow? What should I be doing here? What should I be doing there? Prepare my heart for tomorrow. So again, in pursuing God, I seek to know Him more. In knowing Him, I learn more of His will, better understand His desire. In that pursuit in knowing, my desire is to please Him. The more I know Him, the more I want to be like Him. I want to be like Him. And really seeking his will, his will becomes my will. This isn't exactly WWJD, what would Jesus do? It's a good mode to operate in mentally. Um, but it's being in a posture where what you see is right to do naturally, as in from your nature, lines up with what God wants to do here. And I want that more and more for my own life. My desire is to become his desires just by letting Christ work through me. And that's what I want for everyone. So looking for the Sunday school answers before we wrap up, just help me fill in the blanks. My new nature is rooted in Christ. <laughs> Pursuing after. Seeking to be like. Desiring what's righteous and holy. Now let's wrap this up in Romans once again. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for a lot more of in my own life. As much a challenge as it is to me, as it is anyone else. As much as I might struggle to keep this in mind in my own life, as much as I might get distracted, I can at least testify in a few places that the pursuit is rewarded, and the pursuit in itself is rewarding. And that's all I have for you this morning. Thank you guys.